Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 71. I'm your host, Greg Troxell, and you can follow me at NBRC underscore Greg for your hottest Newcastle U17 takes in the Northern Ireland Super Cup. Now that everybody's thralled and hit the follow button on my account, I bring you the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are we doing? Hey, we're chilling. It's, it's a warm Monday night in Atlanta, Ooh. Georgia. Uh, where I am, and you know we're we're chilling. It's gonna be a good day, good podcast. If you want to follow me on the Twitters and uh, get some funny tweets, I mean I have to admit, not a lot of my tweets are Newcastle related, but I will say they're all really good tweets. So um, follow me at Elijah underscore Newsom, and be sure to check out our actual Twitter accounts for the podcast at chn mm. underscore radio, and then again for the uh, the main site at Coming Home in. UFC. Um, that is Coming Home Newcastle, uh, which you can check out at ComingHomeNewcastle.com as well. Um, great, great content being poured out there. Um, written by me, Greg, Brian, Hot Take or Lukewarm or Very Cold Take Nelson, Mirza, Kyle, AK1 Lost Muffin, Ben. There's a whole squad that's writing some great content. So check it out, ComingHomeNewcastle.com. I love it. That what what a start. I mean, mm-hmm. should we even do we even need to continue with this podcast? Uh, no. So uh, yeah. All right. Thank that you for coming. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a jam packed show for you. Um, we are getting ever close to the start of this season. So uh, just some house cleaning to do. Our season preview pod is the next one you'll hear. Whoa. Woo-hoo-hoo. And if it's you if you can remember, year. last year's season preview pod was a doozy. Um, yeah, so. it's it's going to be better than last year's. I can yeah. I can guarantee. <laughs> also, our first episode. Yeah, people forget, yeah. and also probably my favorite episode Wait, because of Brian. We're, we're a year in, almost. Yeah, we, yeah, actually, yeah, we're pretty close. Actually, I think this Thursday. Oh wait, we we'll have to check on that and do a one year anniversary party. Oh yeah. I, I, what are we going to do for that? I don't know. It, it would be private and no one else will know. That's how I envision celebrating with our fans is not telling our listeners when our anniversaries are. Anyway, um, so get, stay tuned for that. It, we'll probably we'll record. I mean, you'll have the podcast the same time as you always do, uh, and it's going to be a banger. It's going to be a long one. We're going to give you everything, everything you've ever wanted and more. So get ready for that juicy goodness. Uh, next thing, talk a lot today, obviously about Mike Ashley, about some players, about the friends that we have upcoming and the ones we've completed, and just give you a whole little taste of everything around Newcastle United. But the very important thing is first, and we need your help desperately. Yes, we are sponsoring the Newcastle United Women's Football Club. 
Yes. Now, us, as well as some other people. And and you can too. Yes. Everyone we, can. We can sponsor and you can too. That's mm. the slogan. Um, and we want to give you some more information about. And shout out to Toon Army Portland for for repping that out. Uh, he's been doing it for <clears throat> for years with the Newcastle women's team. So we're actually going to be sharing his GoFundMe uh, to sponsor Jess Foster. Jess is Newcastle's women's number nine. She's a midfielder, um, but she's Newcastle's number nine. And the goal is to reach $500 of funding. We're going to help out. We, we hope that you guys help out. We're going to share the GoFundMe on at CHN underscore radio on Twitter. We'll also share it on the Coming Home Newcastle Twitter page at Coming Home NUFC. We'll share it on my page, on Elijah's page. The more help, the better. Now, let me tell you a little about about this because this is this is really important, guys. Um, so, the amount that the, the money that you donate for Jess Foster and for Newcastle United Women's, it it goes directly to monthly fees and kit costs. It's a nonprofit organization in the UK, okay, the women's side. So, no funds collected. Any fund that you send to this GoFundMe account. It does not go to the hierarchy of Newcastle United. It does not go to Mike Ashley. The NUSC Foundation is solely in charge of any funds collected for the sponsorships, and it goes to the players. The players can afford travel days. The players can afford their kits. Um, it's a completely nonprofit club. So we need your help here because we need to grow the game, and anytime I can support Newcastle United and not have to give it to Mike Ashley, I'm in. Yeah, and if you were one of those fans who were mad that – the U.S. Women's National Team uh, sent home your your little England National Team. Then this is your way to to get to to further the development of English talent by donating to you know women's soccer domestically. Like one of the reasons the U.S. Women's National Team um, does so well is that the NWSL is even though it's underfunded and that's a whole other conversation in its own in its own right is considered one of the best leagues in in the world so by bolstering your domestic league your domestic women's league you're creating a, a great culture and a great climate to foster the growth of women's football in england so that's something that we all want to see i don't think there's a person in the world that's like anti-women's football and if they are you should never try to meet them cut them off that <laughs> sounds awful i don't want to meet that person yeah, so, so look out for the GoFundMe link. We'll be tweeting it out. Hopefully, the goal is to get $500 in funding. Um, that's that's the goal. It's it's pretty attainable. If everybody puts in a dollar that listens to these episodes, we'll get there. If everyone puts in $2, we'll be able to sponsor more players. $3, more players. So, like, it's uh, it would be really cool to play a big part in getting these players the money that they need to play a full season and to continue their dream. And while we're still supporting Newcastle United, we can support them. Uh, be really, it mean a lot if we, if y'all could help us out with that. So check our Twitter account. We're going to be tweeting the crap out of this. Uh, okay. It, it would mean a lot to us to get Jess the money that she needs to keep playing for Newcastle United, Black and White Army. Mm, now, well said, Gregory. Yes. Let's let's move on to some more stuff here. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard of Mike Ashley before? No. <laughs> so we had, it was last Friday, last Friday, it was it was Black Friday in Mike Ashley's world. Um, this is, I'll read a little transcript from Sky News. Uh, this was on Friday. Um, Sport Direct said it is facing a 
647 million euro tax demand from Belgian authorities. That's 605 million pounds. That's like 1 billion US dollars. <laughs> um, as uh, that's the tax demand from Belgian authorities as boss Mike Ashley warned that problems at House of Fraser were terminal. That's a direct quote. Um, Mr. Ashley disclosed the latest problems facing his sprawling retail empire as it published a much-delayed set of full-year results. The tycoon used the reports to deliver a stark assessment of some of the problems his businesses are facing as well as venting at the length of the, those he blames for them. Buried at the bottom of the financial statement, the group revealed that only a day earlier it had received a payment notice of 674 million euros from Belgian authorities, including penalties and interest, interest payments after a tax audit. Man. Yeah. So, so TLDR, uh, Mike Ashley owes Belgium a lot of money. <laughs> and, and also, because of this news, their stock dropped 27%. In early trading, which is brutal. That's that's tough. Yeah, you typically and, only see that when companies are, well, in this situation, yeah, when you're just like you're the company is in deep, deep, deep water and they're losing a lot of money. That's when you see shares drop so drastically in literally one day, which is yeah. insane. And to add to it, the third highest ranking official of Sports Direct announced that he's stepping down on September 11th. He will officially. No longer be working for Sports Direct, and, and he um, announced he that. Oh, yeah, go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> um, he's like in charge of finances for Sports Direct, so I think it was a yeah. mutual decision. <laughs> and and that whole day was kind of crazy because it started with um, Sports Direct releasing their financial statement late again for the third or fourth year in a row they've done it late, um, which is not been something their shareholders have enjoyed and it showed that they paid two million pounds to newcastle for uh sponsorships like you know putting up the signage and stuff which is good again still very undervalued for how big of a name newcastle is uh for perspective there are teams in the second division of u.s soccer who pay more than that for signage um for signage and stuff uh, throughout the season. So still kind of odd uh, that it's still that low, but that tis the business of Newcastle and Sports Direct. And then that's when we found out right after that that guy stepped down, and then the whole thing with Belgium happened. And then, of course, we'll get into this in a second, Mike Ashley had his bombshell interview that was released that he did with the Daily Mail with uh, Craig Hope. Uh, Mike Ashley's is. That's yes. what we're going to now. Okay, yes, cool. Yes. Um, so that that was it, it was starting with the a Black Friday forum, and it became a not so good Saturday. There's there's just and we're gonna get into a lot. I'll, I'll, so it, Elijah, I think the best way to do this is I'll read like segments of different things that he's talked about, and then have you address those, or we can address those. Okay. Um, a, one thing before, actually, before we get into that, I, there's one thing I do want to cover with Belgium first. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, thank you, Belgium. Secondly, what does this mean for the future of Newcastle United? It, it's an interesting question because there's two angles you can look at it. So the optimistic angle, which I think a lot of people took initially, um, was, I mean, if they owe all this money, 
the fastest way to cut into this deficit would be to sell the club, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people got excited with that, and I think a lot of people were just excited that Mike Astor is going to be legally forced to do something that you know would hurt his businesses or whatever. And then there's the, I guess, I'd say more pessimistic approach, which is, honestly, I didn't see it until you brought it up. Um, I think you might have tweeted that was that Newcastle might not make any more signings. This yes. Window. Thank you for uh, bringing that up because it's going to come up a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it. The, I know you want to keep your, you want to keep the businesses separate, but as much as you, you, Mike actually says that, we all know his businesses are all linked to each other and. Sports Direct is a funnel. A Newcastle is a, f- a funnel for Sports Direct, and he's taking money from Newcastle and putting that into other. Like we know that all of his businesses are connected, even though they shouldn't be and they aren't supposed to be. They are connected. So when something like this happens, um, it's going to affect all the other businesses as well, and it affects Mike Ashley's personal wealth, which means that he's not going to. He it's he, it's possible he won't be putting in as much money into the club as he as he promised that he would and that it looked like he might be. So uh I don't know, it, it is interesting. It's it's an interesting scenario and realistically we really won't know how he responds to it because he's such a secretive individual and everything's kind of kept under wraps that all we can do is kind of track the moves of Sports Direct and and track kind of the moves of Newcastle and which quite possibly Newcastle might not do anything different. It could be same old Newcastle not spend money in the transfer window. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's the when you think of the overarching question that I ask, like, what what's next? You whenever an owner loses over half a billion dollars, um, that's not good for for the club. Yeah. Um, so, and we'll we'll dive into that. So, there's a lot of factors. So then, what Elijah alluded to earlier was a was a from the mail. It was from um, Martin Samuel. Got the exclusive interview for the mail. Um, on Mike Ashley, and there was no mention of boycotts or reduced season ticket sales, but there's plenty of other topics, and we'll go over that. So it's essentially a, a tell-all. If you didn't read this, it's a tell-all of what Mike Ashley has said about everything. So the first thing we'll talk about is takeovers. Um, so this is the interesting part. The The title of the article like had a quote from Mike Ashley that said, I could end up owning this club forever, which it was like very not related to like what he was saying. But hey, um, fair play to clickbait to, all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's classic Daily Mail to just like like take a random quote that's not really that relevant and then make it the headline yeah. or like something insignificant, like Car Darlow punches man. Like, yes, that's clearly not <laughs> even that wasn't even the coolest part of that story, and that was the headline for the Daily Mail for that. So. Yeah. No, we covered the coolest part of that story. Yeah, yeah. Peasant. <laughs> um, all right, so I'll take overs. This is a quote that Mike actually said. Uh, I have to assume I will stay running this football club. There are no offers. Define an offer. I'm not a believer anymore. Peter Kenyon convinced me that last Christmas that it was going to get done. I'm never doing that again. I think I could own this football club forever. That is my new mental state. The reality is with these deals that once it gets out, once it gets out, if it's not done, it's probably not going to get done. The last bid, the one from UAE, he's a prince and he's got $38 billion or $100 billion, all these numbers. Well, why would you even care what you're paying then? What difference would $10 mil make 
10 mil either way make you would want to to speed you would want certainty you would want the keys to get it over with elijah your thoughts on that i have to admit i read this quote and i was like damn mike ashley has a very valid point like you can call it a reluctance to sell but i mean if mike ashley was really like if he really didn't want to sell the club he wouldn't even entertain offers um and there's you can you can look into that a little bit deeper but at the end of the day he wouldn't entertain offers but he kind of does have a point like a lot of people we have we really haven't seen an actual group that's said you know that actually can prove that they're not all talk um like there was nothing that i mean i think stavely i think is still the most probable bid and i think mike ashley just did not like amanda stavely and how she handled it and that's why that deal didn't get done um I think that she had backing. I think that she had, um, she she detailed all the offers she made and what each one was, and I think that was cool. I never really bought into Peter Kenyon hype. I'm surprised Mike Ashley did, but it's the same thing. It's it's when one of your friends says they have they can get the money, then I mean you're easily you're gonna get easily persuaded by your friends. But he he kind of has a point. If you're supposed to be this prince with 38 billion dollars. It shouldn't matter to you whether or not you're paying three hundred fifty million or three hundred seventy-five million or three hundred fifty million or three hundred sixty million, or if you want, if you should pay the money up front or you want to do installments. And so, Mike Ashley kind of has a point. Um, if BZG were the real deal, this deal would have been done already. And their recent silence is a bit telling as to their actual state. And you know, all there you can argue. There's all these different reports coming out about. Whether or not they actually had the funds, but if they are supposed to be the Saudi prince, not Saudi prince, UAE prince, and he's supposed to have all this money, then Mike Ashley does have a point. the The deal would have been done already. I mean, so I'm gonna i I don't disagree with you, but I think there are some problems here. Mm-hmm. Um, the The problem is like, oh, you're worth thirty eight or a hundred bill, whatever it is. Why would you care about what you're paying then? Well, that's why he's that rich. <laughs> like he's a businessman. Well, no, that and that's true. But to be fair, Mike Ashley did say a difference of ten million pounds. Which okay, I'm what, I, I'm going to take the 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 like my personal experience of like the one summer I helped sell hotels. When you get to deals north of 150 mil, the 10 million 10 million or so is not that big of a deal if you believe that investment's going to make you that 10 million back at some point. Then you're like, okay, I'll shell out 360 million pounds because I believe this product is going to net me 500 million pounds down the road. Like, I mean, I think that when you're dealing with, if it was like 50 or 100 mil, then I understand why you don't want to spend that much money. But if you're talking about 350 versus 360, it's like, I understand haggling, but it's 10 million pounds. If the club isn't worth that amount, why pay it? Because you genuinely believe that you can make that, you can, you can, you can turn. You can actually turn that profit and make and make more money. I said with that a manager wrong. that's not signed with no striker. But I mean, in, in the, in, from what we heard, BZG was keen on re-signing Rafa, or re, and if not Rafa, Jose Mourinho. So they were going to splash the cast on a manager and splash the cast on transfers. That's but why I'm like have, they wouldn't have had enough time to really get it done. But yeah, but it's also not a year-long thing. It's like you just need to survive this season. Look at Man City's first season when when Homeboy took over. 
they made one big signing and they finished eighth or something. Um, and then the next year is when you started to see the dominance of them and spending in the transfer window. So it's like, if you're thinking long term, like no businessman is thinking, all right, well, I'm screwed this in the short term. They're already thinking about the next year. It's like, okay, if we don't have the best manager this year, we need to get someone who's going to get us through the Premier League survival. And then we can go out and try to poach whatever world-class manager we want next year. Maybe buy out Rafa from China. Maybe get Jose Mourinho, get Genesio, get Arteta. It doesn't matter who you get. It's just like you've you got to be thinking more than one year. And I'm sure BZG, regardless of whether or not Mike Ashley is speaking truth right now, is definitely not thinking about immediate like this year and that's it. They're definitely looking at like what, what would know. happen next year. I don't. I don't think that you just spend ten mil, even though you're paying ten million dollars over the value that you think the club's worth. Especially, and and you're talking about hotels, which are just conglomerate corporations. This is that's one fair. person that's made a group among himself. I don't think. I don't think you do that. You say, hey, I know this sale is for three hundred, and now you find out how much I'm worth, and you're charging me three ten. What's going on here? Like it's a level of trust. It's a level of like you have an updated academy. You have no manager. You have no striker. Like, why pay 10 mil extra? That's why I'm seeing it. Like, I don't I don't see that as trustworthy. I don't see that as good business. Yeah, but if, if you And, and, and I'm looking in, we're looking into it a lot because he could have just been saying that, but, like, that seems like a pretty direct quote that he yeah, charged I'm just, him 10 mil I mean, mil my, my perspective is if you really wanted a football team, you'd pay whatever. And if you were willing to pay a billion dollars for Liverpool, which, understandably, it's Liverpool, that means you have – you had a billion dollars – or you had access to a billion dollars to pay for a Premier League club. And so yeah. I just don't think a difference of $10 million is that big of a deal in in the grand scheme of things when you could sell a player and make that $10 million back and get a yeah. better player. Like, that's just my personal opinion. But then again, I don't have $10 million to even... Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if you're looking at it in terms of $10, depending on what, what I'm buying, I would be upset if there was a $10 upcharge or but it depends on the product I'm buying but I think the product I'm buying is going to make me that money back then I don't really care but that's just my personal perspective yeah all right next thing is on some supporter criticism uh Mike Ashley said and I quote you know some fans don't even believe the accounts where's the money you've got it somewhere what are you talking about how do I fiddle this it's like asking if I'm on drugs don't be bloody idiotic I don't do drugs Everything else I might be guilty of. But were you out drinking the other night? More than likely. But <laughs> but you can put any accountant on our books, and it's whiter than white. I felt like challenging the fans on that sometimes. I'll pay you, and you can have an independent auditor come in and review us. But will you please stop saying these things? I'm guilty of a lot, but not that. That was Elijah. such a loaded quote because I just <laughs> went on this. It was like if you, it's like me on this podcast, and I often do this podcast after having a, a couple of drinks. So that makes no sense. Um, how he, how he kind of answered that question. Um, I, I think it's never good. It's never a good move if you're an owner and you and you attack your fans. And there's some extremes, um, but I think what people. I think what people want to see is the fact that, like, no one's really sure, like, the actual status of the finances of the club. And, like, I think everyone knows that if you're the one releasing the financial statement, you can finagle that any way you want. 
And I think that's what is, is the more concerning thing. I think that they're like, I mean, I don't know whether or not the club generates as much money as we think or whatever, but I, I personally, as a fan, I'm not really sure why we still owe Mike Ashley money. I think those are the questions we want to get answered. It's like, well, how do we still have this loan out? If, if that's the reason that you're not spending that much money is that the club technically isn't making money because they have a loan to you, then like, why does this loan still exist? Why hasn't it been paid back yet? You've owned the club for 13 years. I think they're, those are the bigger questions. And then again, it's like your net worth is so big. And it's like if you really cared about this club, you would have taken the 50 million pounds you spent on the 50 million pounds you put towards House of Frazier and you would have put it towards the club. So I think that's what fans are talking about when they say, where's the money, Mike? Um, in addition to like the whole like we've sold such and such and we don't have this money back because the club finances are a mess. And I think that that's one constant that you've seen with every takeover room, with every financial report release, when we when we brought financial football that guy on, like everyone and their mother knows that the club finances are a mess and that's a whole deal in itself. But then again, even if the club finances are a mess, it's like at some point if you really care about this club and you're the owner, you would invest, you know, the 50 million pounds or 150 million pounds that you've spent on acquiring failing businesses and put it towards something that could legitimately make you money um, by, you know, sign quality players. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. And it was a weird answer. And for the record, I do think Mike Ashley does drugs <laughs> like cocaine. He probably is a huge Coke addict. Don't, don't quote me on that though, but it's possible. All right. And moving on to Rafa. Um, I'm not going to say his quotes there because this is the longest part. Basically, what he said is Newcastle could not have done any more to keep him. And that um, he said, I can look anyone in the eye and say that it was impossible to do more. So he basically said that here that he tried everything he could to sign Rafa. And every time he went over a hurdle, there was more. There was more. And pretty much claiming that Rafa was impossible to work with and that he wanted to join the Chinese team the whole way, but was just trying to see how much he could get out of them. Um, he like he said, like quotes, like, I thought he had us offside. He had us cornered. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. Um, he said, I've been totally outmaneuvered by Rafa. He, didn't um, he also make a quote that said, like, it was never about how much money Rafa could spend. It was like he kept upping his, his asking price to stay. Yeah, it, saying that he asked for a 50% pay increase, and I think he did that because I he knew it wouldn't work. Um, and he said that even if we agreed to that, I think there would have been something else that he would have asked for. So basically claiming that Rafa's manipulative and money-driven, uh, which Luke Edwards, I'm sure, is very happy with. Um, but just uh, my thing on this, you know, it's two sides of it. We have... And, you know, I'm being harsh on Mike Ashley. I feel like it's kind of deserved. But we have somebody who's been proven to be a liar. Um, and and somebody who seems to have been honest with us the entire way. And if it if he did leave Newcastle, like, and if it was money-driven, like, you can't blame him. Like, he has uh, an ownership in China that's going to invest everything that he wants. And he could have stayed here and gotten paid less, and had an ownership that wouldn't give him everything that he wants. So even if it was money-driven, then it's also, like, success-driven. I didn't think he would go to China just because he claims that 
he wanted a job in England because that's where his family was, but he surprised me there. But I, I just, even if that is the case and it was money driven, he's still getting a better deal, money aside. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, shout out to China because they've made some solid moves in the past couple of years in terms of trying to improve their domestic league. Um, you know, their moves in their own right, whether or not they're the right moves, are still something that has yet to be determined. They just signed Genesio, the out-of-favor Italian manager who is, I forgot what team he was with. Um, but anyway, um, he was with, I think he was with a team in Italy. He might be French. It doesn't matter. Um, they just signed him to one of, one of his, well, he signed a deal with one of their teams. I just want to go on record and say this. I think, um, and I've, I've kind of held this, now that I see how Newcastle handle, how, how Newcastle summer has gone so far, I think Mike Ashley and Rafa Benitez never saw eye-to-eye on transfers. And that was that's that's the defining factor. I think Rafa was fine. I think Rafa was able to budge on certain things like facilities and the youth team, but like, Mike Ashley had his way of how he viewed, how he thought, and how Newcastle has done transfers for the past 13 years in terms of buying young players and and trying to flip them for even more when they get to a certain level. Um, Mike Ashley had his way of doing transfers, and Rafa had his way of doing transfers, which is a combination of finding hidden gems and then finding some established veterans and that kind of stuff. And, you know, buying players that had the right attitude, et cetera, et cetera, regardless of how old or how young they were, he wanted to get guys in that would fit his system. And I think that is what drove them apart. And I think that was such a defining, like, issue between those two people that it's made a very ugly split. And I think that, like, neither side is perfect in how they've handled it. I think that even in Rafa's interview, I don't believe a hundred. I don't believe a hundred percent of what Rafa said in his sort of exit interview that he did with the Telegraph. I believe is who he did that with. So I think both both people are kind of trying to play to the masses to make it not about their fault. But I think at the end of the day, both of them had different visions for how they they wanted to build Newcastle into a top contending club, or in the eyes of Mike Ashley, at least a club that generated him a decent amount amount of revenue, and that's what drove them apart. So. I mean, I don't really believe much of what Rafa said, um, I'm, and I don't believe much of what um, of what Mike Ashley said. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of my my thoughts on it. it it's it's interesting, um, but I think Mike Ashley is willing to spend money, but it's just he's willing to spend money on his targets. Joel Linton's a guy we were chasing for four months that Rafa didn't want. Saint Maxman's another guy who literally does not fit the the prototypical Rafa Benitez player. He's 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 flamboyant. He doesn't get along with managers. He's he's everything that's not the disciplined, hardworking winger that Rafa wants in his system. So it's it's, I think it's 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 a bit of lying on both sides to pander to the to the masses. Yeah, and moving to Steve Bruce, uh, there's just this, and then one more I want to talk about. So Steve Bruce said, or Mike actually said about Steve Bruce. Someone with a lot of passion for the club counts a lot in my book. For me, Steve is an amazing choice because, England aside, there's no other job for him. This is his dream. What I want the fans to understand is that in him, they have someone who absolutely cares. He's not worried about his his expenses, all that crap. He wants to talk about Newcastle. I get excited by that. I expected the negative reaction to Rafa leaving. 
I thought it would be very bad, but I was shocked by the reaction to Steve. He doesn't deserve it. He's one of their own. I don't think the fans quite realize what they've got because I'm hoping he's the one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with Mike Ash on this quote. I'm just going to go and say it. I may get some slack for it. I did think the, the negative reaction to Steve Bruce was a bit overkill, considering it was common knowledge that he just wasn't the first choice. Um, it's like... All right, like there, it was gonna be it was gonna be impossible to replace Rafa, which is something that I think you and I can agree on. There was like no real direction you could go that would be like, all right, this is a quality replacement for Rafa Benitez. Maybe Jose Mourinho, but that was a long shot to begin with in the first place. And even then, I would put I'd rather have Rafa than Jose Mourinho. So whoever you get is gonna be a step down. And according to multiple reports from multiple different publications, Steve Bruce was like just not. He wasn't even in the top 10 in terms of people. So, like, to Mike Ashley's credit, they tried getting some better names, uh, in their eyes at least. And some of the names, you know, are better. Some of them are kind of on the same level. I mean, there were some up-and-coming guys like Vieira, Arteta, guys, you know, Lampard, guys who would be interesting hires and, you know, could probably hold their own in the Premier League, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Mike Ashley does have a point. Steve Bruce seems like he's a nice guy. He seems like he really... To to a degree, Newcastle is sort of a dream job, I guess. I mean, he did turn down the club for Sunderland, so that's a it's a it's a weird situation. Um, but I I mean, I don't doubt that Steve Bruce loves being the manager of a Premier League football team because, as a manager, that's kind of the pinnacle. Um, besides, I guess managing your national team, winning a World Cup, I think managing a Premier League team is kind of the end goal for a lot of managers. So I'm sure Steve Bruce is happy as the manager of Newcastle and cares a lot about the job and loves the players and all that stuff because this is the best roster he's probably ever had. So um, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. Like, the, the fight, I saw people, like, I mentioned this on the podcast, too. But it's, like, you remove the Ashley out in the Sports Direct logo and added Bruce out. Like, come on. Yeah, I love like, the Bruce on. out stuff before Steve Bruce even met the team. It was, like, Bruce out. Uh, I was it's like, not even that. It's, like, the focus is on one person. Yeah. And, like, that person, 100% Mike Ashley. Mm-hmm. So, to, to, to put it on Bruce. Yeah, and, and it's one of those situations, if, and people have brought this up, but it's like, if you're Steve Bruce and you're managing Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, bless their heart, no offense to him, and then a Premier League club with a notoriously, like, supporter fan base that will get behind the club and the manager until they make a bunch of mistakes, um, if you're given the opportunity to take that job, and it's from the town where you're from, like, I don't know why you wouldn't take that. So, I mean, fair. I mean, yeah. I'm not mad at Steve Bruce for taking this job. And there were people that were like, if Steve Bruce was a true fan, he wouldn't take this job. If you were in the same situation, you would take the job. Shut up. Like, that's stupid. Uh, last thing is he said he learned from the Iose Perez deal, saying that uh, putting the release clause so low, he learned from that and won't do that again. But I just wanted to mention that we sold Demba to Chelsea for 7 mil. When he was our top scorer, it's true. Um, <laughs> so, but I, was, I don't think Dimba was as young one. as Iose Perez though when we sold him. Though, yeah, but he's—I mean, imagine what a guy like Dimba would get today. 
That's true. It's true. I know it was a few years ago, but it's true. Um, and the last thing I wanted to add, my baby, Sean Longstaff, Mike Ashley said, and I quote, ladies and gentlemen, the message we want to put out is that he is not for sale. If you've got one like Sean, keep him. I mean, no, Man, he's that, right. That, that could be the best damn thing he's ever said. It probably is. I mean, if, if you were to give me top five Mike Ashley quotes of all time, <laughs> That's up there. Yeah. Um, also, that and the I don't do drugs. Those are, those, pretty, those are in the top five. <laughs> uh, it's pretty damning from him. This interview is like unlike anything we've seen. And, and granted, it's behind closed doors with a, with a computer. And there's even reports that it was a statement from KBA agency, not even an interview. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. But the fact of the matter is he said some things that you can't go back on. Like, if he sells Sean Longstaff, we have direct quotes from him saying that he is not for sale. If you've got one like Sean, keep him. Like, there's a lot of things, and there's a lot more if you dig through this. There's a lot of things that, like, I'm like, man, like, yeah, he if, really if put someone, his name if someone on the line offers here, him like, 400 million pounds for the club right now, straight up, he has to sell the club. Yeah, because like, essentially he said that, like, the only reason he hasn't sold the club is that, like, he feels like no one's been serious about it or whatever. No one's had the money or no one's met his evaluation. Basically, he said that, like, it's been everyone's fault but his own that the club hasn't been sold. So if, like, someone comes in with a 400 million pound offer, which is above his asking price, and they have the money, like, then he has to sell the club. It's just, yeah, like, he can't not sell the club. There, there's a lot of things in there that I was pretty surprised he said. But mm. in the interest of time, we'll, we'll move into other Wait, things. I have um, one more thing to add. We ran a poll on... What do people think of Mike Ashley's pop comments? And the choices were Mike not Mike Mike might not be lying. Um, there's a mix of lies and truth, and then load of shite. So, Greg, what do you think won uh, out of those three options on on our Twitter poll on the coming home Newcastle Twitter? Elijah, I'll pick option C, load of shite. And you'd be correct, sixty percent. Um, but a good thirty-one percent of the uh. Uh, people thought there was a mix of lies and truth, which is more than I thought. And that's kind of where I land. I think there's a little bit of lies. I think there's some truth, um, especially when you're talking about Steve Bruce. I think he believes that wholeheartedly. And some of the stuff he said about, um, you know, certain players like Joel Linton, Miguel Amarone, I'm sure that he liked those players as well, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff from Mike Ashley. Yeah. Um, so moving on to some players uh, that we're linked to. Uh, there's some news that have been reported that Stanley and Soki and Saki and Soki and Soki. I was right the first time. I shouldn't have. Don't doubt yourself, back. buddy. Um, so French media out- outlets reported today that Newcastle's failure to agree to personal terms with fullback Stanley and Soki of PSG and knee winger Alan Saint Maximo, Maxima, it's Maxima, um, had both had left both transfers pretty much collapsed. Not officially, but like on the verge of collapsing because of just the wages are too low for each player. Um, And I would come back to this, and I was going to bring this up at this point, but we talked about earlier, 636 million euro tax fine. (laughs) Um, And I said, well, there goes any signing or any chance of us signing new players. So it's interesting stuff here because... Now we're trying to shortchange players that we had agreements for before those taxes were uh, listed. Um, Elijah, are we going to get any of these two guys? 
We're going to get both of them, and here's why. One, uh, Le Equip is the, the, the main source of these these uh, these 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 fabrications. And Le Equip, like, they've been just wrong about a ton of stuff. So let's just start there. French media as a whole has been wrong about tons of stuff. So um, you had an interesting scenario where you had multiple British journalists basically claiming that that the deals are progressing well, especially with Ensoki in terms of wage and everything. And then lay equip. It's literally the only, the literally the only pe- people who were saying that, uh, that, that this deal was on the verge of collapsing. You had the car, the Chronicle reneged and said that the deal is not as close as they thought it was, but then they didn't say it was on the verge of collapsing. Lay equip was like, Oh, this is probably not happening. So I think that lay equip is something to take into consideration. Just, the fact that it's coming from French media. Um, I do see what you're saying about the whole tax thing, um, but I do think that Newcastle might have budgeted in advance for this, and they might they might try to get this these deals done because, I don't know, I think Mike Ashley's envisioning flipping these guys in a year after we've been relegated, similar to how he did Jeannie Wijnaldum and Andros Townsend, um, and make a ton of money off of those. Um, but... Um, we had the same reports come out for uh, Miguel Amiron, and then literally the next week he was signed. So um, I don't know. I don't take a lot of stock in transfers um, until they're completely done. Um, I'll send the tweets to the group and so people know what's going on, but I, I don't take the stuff that seriously. Hence the creation of the BS meter. I, I, uh, I just in in the name of slander, I don't think it's lay equip actually. Uh, I know the oh I know oh, there was GFFN sorry yeah get they reported the Maximin move. Um, they last had week. the exclusive or get French football news had Stanley and Soki. Yeah, um, which is even worse. They, they had exclusive. Yeah, they're yeah. they're brutally wrong. Yeah, um, I'm sorry so, about that. Yeah, so you're saying they're still gonna we're still gonna get both? Yeah, I I I think we're still gonna get both. I mean, I just I don't know. It, it's one, the Nsoki price is cheaper than it has been in the past. Um, so the fact that we got price done with Nsoki is is a done deal. And I understand Nsoki is coming off PSG wages. But like we said, Newcastle notoriously overpay people. And they got yeah. two overpaid guys off the books. And Karen Clark looks like he's on his way out. So I think the money is there within the club to get things done. And I'm sure they're looking to move guys like... Henri Zive and and um, Akraf Lazar again, so I think the money will be there, especially since they didn't they aren't they haven't given anyone a pay raise. Oh, maybe Longstaff he might have gotten a new deal. Um, but yeah, I think the money's there, and I think that the wages aren't that big of an issue, especially because in the case of Saint Maximin, where Nice don't typically they're not a huge huge club, so I don't I wouldn't imagine their wages are that big maybe with psg and soki's already making 30k and he is like i want to make 50k but I, I i'm a little shocked that there's a wage issue with nice that seems a little bit far-fetched yeah um so i just want to say that kenny lala is still available for 50 mil uh can play both flanks and is very good attack I'd rather have Kenny Lala than St. Maxman. Yeah, let's go. I mean, all right. I'm, I'm all um, on that. Let's thing. move on. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about Preston, uh, that debacle, and we're going to preview the two friendlies 
this week, and we're going to do that right after this break. All right, so we established a couple things in our friendly against Preston North End. One that Newcastle supporters show they they were there. Um, Seventeen hundred, not, not a ton, not a ton, but um, people showed up. Interesting. Um, but also, we're really good at giving up penalties, and we're really good at not making penalties. Uh, oh, we're also the, good at playing five in the back still. Oh yeah. So good. Uh, hey. And you said this in our Steve Bruce podcast that you hoped that he would not do something stupid like change the formation and did and would stick with what worked and he he did to his credit he played a five in the back so yeah it was an odd one though yeah it's not it's definitely not Rafa he didn't get that from Rafa that's for sure he he just knew that we had center backs (laughs) (laughs) maybe the information came like maybe the idea sprouted but a five three two is not really ideally. No, what he did was he he looked on FIFA, and was like, "What did Newcastle play?" And then he, that's what yeah. he saw on FIFA. Yeah, I'm convinced um, that's how bad managers manage is they just look at FIFA. Yeah, well, just to go over the match here, uh, we lost two to one. Uh, we we scored with an amazing. I mean, John Joe Shelby, Shelby, right? Mm-hmm. John Joe, John Joe. He did. Um, that was pretty awesome. It was a strike from way outside the box. Just just quintessential John Joe Shelby. Um, is that was in the 39th minute. We also got a penalty. Um, Almiron took it and missed. And then Preston scored two penalties in the second half, 11 minutes separated from each other. Um, that's like, that's of what happened. Do you have anything about the match that you really want to dive into here um i did see from mark douglas i saw so i saw, saw a couple things i did see joel linton played alongside almarone and people were very excited about that so i guess that went well um i'm not really sure if almarone was playing as a second striker um or if he was playing as a winger in that three-person midfield um when joel linton was on i also saw that muto had one of the misses of the century um, and Isaac Hayden was really mad about that. And I saw that Matty Longstaff, this was from Mark Douglas, Matty Longstaff had a really good 45 minutes. Um, yeah, Matty had his first start at the senior level. Yeah. Uh, Lil Longstaff, as we shall call him. Um, yeah, so I have a little trivia for you. Okay. There is two players, and they are both tied with 186 minutes. Mm-hmm. What two Newcastle players have had the most preseason pitch time so far. Oh, I'm going to go Matty Longstaff and Jamal Sells. You are wrong on both accounts. Okay. So is it John Joe uh, Shelby and Jamal Sells? Nope. John Joe Shelby <laughs> and Matt Ritchie. It's, it's neither of any of the players that you mentioned. Okay, Martin Dubrovka. What's that? Martin Dubrovka. Uh, no. He didn't even play in this match. Steve Bruce. He's <laughs> no, on the pitch. definitely not. That'd be hilarious. Is Muto, is Muto one of them? Yes, that's one of them. What, what is up with this? I mean, I, okay, I, get, I guess I get it now. If you're playing two strikers and you're making Muto a striker, then yeah, sure, whatever. Um, yeah, so just, you were close. Like, LaSalle's has 180 minutes, so Muto has six more. Shelby has 181 minutes, um, but there's another player 
that also has 186 minutes. Man, okay. Um, give me. Can you give me a position group like d- defense, midfield, or attack? Midfield. Midfield. Oh. Oh. Man, this is tough. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's Isaac Hayden. No, it is not. Isaac Hayden has 180 minutes. This then, person has six more minutes than him. And who is it? Jack Colback. Baby. No, it's no, <laughs> no. What? Why does Jack he have so many Colback, minutes, baby? What is he doing out there? I mean, uh, nothing. I'll, He's making no mistakes and doing nothing great. That's Jack Colback, right? But now. okay. I, I now that you say that Jack Colback. I, I, I understand why because I guess he's our only CDM in the sense that like he's only going to tackle and then make a short pass. Like then fair. Jack Colback <laughs> plays a lot of minutes because if if that I mean like I'm thinking about it, there's no Diame there and like Isaac Hayden has now, for the better, in my opinion, has morphed into like a more dynamic CDM that makes a tackle and makes and, and, and has more of the ball. So he's going to be prone to a little bit more mistakes. Same with Longstaff. Same with Shelby barely defends. So, and I mean, I guess Key is kind of the only, only, only other CDM, true CDM, and he still likes to distribute the ball a lot. So, I, I mean, sure. He Jack Colbeck. Two minutes, Key does. Yeah. And like you said, uh-huh. Jack Colbeck's not going to make that many mistakes. He's also not going to be impressive. So. In the championship, in the Premier League, he will make mistakes. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, another thing of note: Jolin Toon mm. made his Magpies Magpies debut. Um, that was the first preseason sighting for also to Paul Dummett and Miguel Almiron. Um, yeah. So they both they both started. Um, really, I mean, this is just a typical like just we're just trying to figure it out still match. Yeah. I, also, um, I just want to. I think I want to go back to that formation because the five three two is interesting on a number of fronts because if you're looking to sign dynamic wingers like Newcastle are linked to, it doesn't make sense to do a five three two. It does make sense to have three up top. So I wonder if Steve Bruce is even paying attention to who we're linked to because uh, <laughs> it's oh he was on Talk Sport today. I feel, we yeah. didn't even put that in our notes. So I guess yeah, he was on Talk Talk Sport and to. Drum it up. He said that he had the final say on transfers. LOL. And when asked about transfers, he said, I'm not the person to ask. So there we go. All right. Um, <laughs> moving on to the friendlies this week. So this will be interesting because this is this is the go live right here. Like we have friendly tomorrow. Um, it's already Tuesday morning if you're in England. Mm. Um, so today against Hibernians. Mm. And then we have a friendly this coming Saturday against Saint-Étienne. Um, so this is it. This is the last chance that we have to do anything. Um, just, like, I don't even know what to to say about, like, what my expectations are. I can say this. I'm really upset that Gail Bigiramana is not playing. Because oh. he was on Hibernians and they cut him. And I was looking today and I was like, oh, we're going to play against Gail Bigarama. And I found out that they just released him. That, that's a fun name. Season. So I was like, come on, man. Yeah, that's a fun name. Um, yeah. I would say, um, yeah, uh, uh, that's that's one thing to be upset about. I'd say the other thing to pay attention to um, is just 
how um, like who who does who are the players Steve Bruce actually is starting to favor? And I think the last two friendlies is kind of where you see who he's starting to favor. Is he really seriously favoring Jack Colback? I mean, in his Talksport interview, he said that he didn't really see any issues with the midfield. But anyone with a brain knows that your midfield should be Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayne and John Joe Shelby. So I think these next two matches will kind of really see, will really give us an idea of like what does Steve Bruce's actual midfield pairing or, or trio or whatever he wants to do, whatever his formation is, look like. And then again, this is the opportunity for um, to see. How, like, is Steve Bruce actually going to be a, a decent tactician? Um, is he going to stick with his 5-3-2? Is he going to actually look at the players he has and craft a formation around that? Because a 5-3-2 doesn't even make sense with the current layout of Newcastle where we only have three strikers. So why would you run a 5-3-2? We don't have a surplus of strikers. So it is Steve Bruce, is, has he evolved tactically at all is what I'm going to be looking at personally. Is like, are we going to see a 5-3-2 or are we going to see... A five-two-three? Are we going to see a four-two-three-one? I mean, a four-two-three-one at this point is a better uh, decision than going five-three-two. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm looking for. Is really is Steve Bruce going to evolve tactically, and then who are the players that Steve Bruce is actually putting his trust in? We know it's Jamal Lascelles. We know it's John Joe Shelby. Obviously, Miguel Almiron, and obviously Joel Linton. But let's see how it, the rest of that. Yeah, let's see how the rest of that team fills out. Um, um, it, it will be interesting because, uh, well, I want to see a full squad for this because, um, the Scottish league cup has already started. Hibernian played in that. And then, um, their first SPL match is that weekend, the following Saturday. So, uh, it's going to be, they're probably going to play a, a pretty decent squad to get ready for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like us to do that too. And then following that would be this coming Saturday against Saint-Étienne. Uh, you will see one former Newcastle player. Um, there, I was hoping there would be two, but uh, Remy Cabela actually was just sold to Krasnodar in Russia. So we won't see Remy Cabela, but do you know the other defender, former Newcastle player that plays for Saint-Étienne? Another trivia question. Saint-Étienne. Okay. Defender. Defender. I'm trying to think because I'm, I'm, my guess, because I, I'm going to, I think that it's a fullback. Correct. Because I did see something, I saw something, it might have been on Twitter about I just forgot who the fullback was. Like <laughs> I'll, that was. I'll like, give you the answer. No, 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 that, no, no. Give give uh, me thirty seconds. I want. Th- uh, if you're listening to this, tweet to us at chn underscore radio. If you knew, figured out the answer before Elijah. Okay. And you can't lie. Um. Is the isn't the Bushi on that team? Yeah, that's the answer. Yeah. Matthew That's what it was. I was um, like, there was someone who, because uh, I saw it and I saw it was, it was like a picture, and I was like, wow, that's that's a name from the past, and it reminded me of. So this is just TMI. I mean, if you were at if you were at the uh, coming home Newcastle meetup, the Tuna Army America meet, not the coming Newcastle meet, the Tuna Army America meetup in Denver. Um, if you were on the bus with me, which Greg, I think you were on my bus too. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. 
I don't know why we wouldn't ride the bus together. Um, we did this fun game that was just like naming random Newcastle players. And I think Debushi came up in one yeah. of those. And that's what reminded me of and that. And same with Gail Vigurama. Yeah. Just yeah. good good names to have. Yeah. Um, so also a former – I don't think we've talked about him on the podcast, but I know I've written about him. And it's Riyad Boudaboots. I, oh. I, I, maybe that's his name. Um, you have he plays for Sun Etienne now. Yeah, I was saying that he's a guy I wanted Newcastle to sign. We were linked to him for a while, but he plays for Sun Etienne now. That will be a good season because they are starting the following week from that. Um, or that would be a good match. Uh, they're starting their league on campaign the following week, and they finished fourth in France last year. So it will be a good challenge for us. Uh, that will be our last friendly leading up to our season opener. The following Sunday against Arsenal. Yeah. All right. This would be a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we're going to take one more ad break. And then after this, we're going to just roll through a few little shorter, less like, less very important tidbits for the most part. Um, and then we'll uh, bid you farewell. After this. Hello, Elijah. Hey. Hey. All right, let's uh we got some youth signings in the biz. Mm, USA. We got one of yeah. those. I I'm claiming USA all the way. Even though Kyle Scott has probably never been to America in his life. But he's a US citizen. He is. So I'm in. Um he's born and raised in England, but his grandfather though America. Mm. So America's own Kyle Scott joins Newcastle United. Hey, he's been um, to America. He has? Because he, he's played for the U-20s and the U-18s. In, oh, yeah, that's right. He's yeah. played for... Yeah, but... 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 Was it road tournaments? And just met up with them overseas. Interesting. Um, Something to look into there. We'll have to ask Kyle when Newcastle United gives us an interview with him. Yeah. He also um, apparently is eligible to play for Italy. Which oh, is wow. an interesting so one. His family's from everywhere. Yeah, that's really odd. But yeah. Um, and England, obviously. Considering that there were two appearances each, I think that it was that they were... T- I don't think they were, like, tournaments. I think that they were in in the States. So he, I think he did a camp or something. At least for U18, he probably did a camp. And then with U20, he might have been invited back to a camp, and they did some sort of friendly. Because it's only like like, two said, appearances for each. But anyway. America's own. Yeah. Kyle Scott. Uh, former Chelsea midfielder, and also we signed ex-Bolton Wanderers goalkeeper Jake Turner. Mm. Um, so interesting, Scott actually played already, played for Newcastle's U23s in a friendly against Rotherham. Um, my attention was drawn there because I'm, you know, a nerd, a youth nerd. Um, Scott played for the U23s. We beat Rotherham 2 to nothing. The interesting part about that was our boy, Dan Barlasar, played for Rotherham that friendly started in play so interesting mm. we had two newcastle players on each side um yeah. so kyle scott what do we know about kyle scott he's 21 years old mm-hmm. joined the chelsea academy since 10 years old um he was part of the team that won the fa fa youth cup um actually a won that in newcastle um and he just never never really made it. <laughs> he did play for Chelsea 
um, in the FA Cup against Hall City. Uh, or, sorry, he didn't play. But, oh no, he did play. I lied. And he was also an unused substitute in another match. But that's it. Uh, he was on loan last year to the second tier side in, in uh, Netherlands and was just, just ran out of contract. What's your thoughts on Kyle Scott? I mean, I, I, it's a low-risk signing for Newcastle because it's a free. He was released by Chelsea's academy um, in, on July 1st, actually. Um, it's a low risk, and honestly, I kind of believe it's a low reward. I mean, I love that he's American, but there's nothing about anything he's done that particularly stands out to me. Um, he had a good run of the mill in Chelsea, and I guess it's easy to get lost in that youth academy system there. But even when going out on loan to you know a Dutch side he was he's actually like went on trial with with Willem um and didn't even kind of make he didn't even activate the actual loan because he wasn't good enough during his trial so I mean yeah sure I'm excited we've got an American but I don't have any faith in Newcastle's academy to turn him into um something more than what he already is which is a decent youth product that could potentially at some point play for a team um but he's 21 right now and he he doesn't look he's ready for first team football yeah uh next is jake turner jake was from bolton um he was he's been a goalkeeper for england from the u18s and u19s he uh was playing on the youth team for bolton for a while and he Right at the end of last season, he was named to their squad, but was unused. Um, he's had loan spells at Frickley Athletic, Stullybridge Celtic, and Darlington. Um, but because Bolton went into administration, they didn't make a contract offer for him, so now he's ours. This one's an interesting one to me because this guy's kind of been loaned all over the place. It, 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 I don't know. I don't really know what to, to make of this, um, but... I think that he's going to have a decent competition in terms of reserves, goalkeeping, with I think Nathan Harker still there. Freddie Woodman could drop down to U23s for certain matches. So there, there'll be healthy competition and a, a solid goalkeeping staff. What's one thing Newcastle does have is a somewhat decent uh, goalkeeping staff. So, yeah, I mean, sure, we'll see. I mean, again, don't know how great of a signing this is. But these are very both very much low risk uh, signings for Newcastle because they're both on freeze. So there we are. Um, next bit of news: Alexandra Mitrovic um, says Mike Ashley's a good guy. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was something. Um, so Mike Ashley, not Mike. He yeah. So Mitrovic um, did an interview. I believe Talk Sport, yeah, it was Talk Sport who did it. Um, he basically said, Ashley is a good guy. I understand why people at Newcastle don't like him, but I had a good relationship with him. He was good to me. I didn't see him a lot, but he's a great guy. I think he will invest. He brought Joel Linton for $40 million. Uh, He's just a little more careful than the other owners. I'll just go out on a limb and say this. Um... I wouldn't say a lot of bad things about a guy who paid me millions of dollars. 
So that's yeah. that's my thoughts on that. I mean, he even kind of alludes to it. He says Ashley's a good tot, is a good guy. I understand why people at Newcastle don't like him, but I had a good relationship with him. He was good to me. I'll just translate that. Ashley's a good guy. I understand why the fans hate him, but he paid me millions of dollars, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him. Is what yeah, Alexander Mitrovic said. So, um, Talksport ran an entire article about this. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, yeah. I, I mean, good, good for, for them. them for getting the exclusive. But if I had an exclusive with, with Alexander Mitrovic, I honestly would love to know his relationship with Rafa Benitez and like why that fell apart. And I, I mean, that's what I think is more interesting than talking about Mike Ashley because I, I don't know, I don't know. I would love to hear that. So if we ever get Alexander Mitrovic on the podcast. Like, I'm going to ask him about Rafa Benitez and really not at all about Mike Ashley because I could care less about Mike Ashley. Next bit of news. Searing Clark mm. could be going to Newcastle – I mean, to Newcastle – to Crystal Palace for five mil. There's other clubs linked to him as well. Leeds, Bristol City being some of them. But Crystal Palace for five. Um, pretty interesting because when he plays, he scores apparently. Um, it's it no, is an not not that literal, but he, yeah, he's really good on set pieces in the air. He's actually out of current players in terms of goal scorers last season, he'd be second behind Cher. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, this is an interesting one because Karen Clark, like Greg says, was a goal scoring threat for Newcastle last year, mostly off of set pieces, but he wasn't particularly impressive. Um, to the degree of Lejeune, Cher, Lascelles, and even Dummett at the center back position. So it's one that's like, you really aren't going to miss him that much. But he's also like, he's like a decent depth piece. And he does deserve better um, in terms of like, you know, there's if there's a potential for him to get play time, I can understand why he'd want to move on and why clubs are interested. Because he was solid when he had to play. And... Unfortunately, with Newcastle's injury injury history early on in the season and throughout the season with Lejeune going down again and Cher being injured in the beginning of the season, Lascelles having his brief spell where he was injured, I mean, we had to call on Kieran Clark for a couple matches, and in those matches, he, uh, he, he played well. It's going to be tough to find a replacement that's going to easily step in and, and, one, agree to a role that's that shallow, and then, two be able to immediately step in with any at any certain time and, and be somewhat productive. So um, best of luck to him if these moves happen. And I have no doubt that they will. I mean, you know, there's even reports that Crystal Palace are willing to offer £7 million, which is above his value for 29-year-old center back who barely makes appearances for his national team. So, Yep. And then the next thing on possible outgoings is Dubrovka to PSG. Um, there he was sighted at the Charles de Gaulle airport in Paris, and that's really. And I mean, there's rumors that he's there, but I haven't seen anything super concrete yet. Do you have anything there? Yeah, I haven't really seen anything concrete either. Um, it's an interesting move to make, to to say the least. Uh, because I mean, yeah, sure, PSG pays a lot of money, and and. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good move for him if he wants to play Champions League football and all that kind of stuff. So, I wouldn't be mad if he left. Um, but I would say um, I, I wouldn't. I, I I would like to see Newcastle bring in another keeper as well. Um, I don't know if Freddie Woodman 
is going yeah, to was, be the you just guy. Said I wouldn't be mad if his if he left. I would be furious. No, I, I wouldn't be mad if, if nobody's he, good I'm enough. Like, like, but I mean, obviously, it would be one of those things where it's like I wouldn't be mad if he left because I understand, like, from his perspective, why he would leave. Oh, okay, from it's a not, player. Perspective. Yeah, yeah. From, okay. Like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate him for leaving. <laughs> I was like, is Jesus. what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I, I obviously we'd give up four upset. goals a game if we had no yeah. goal here to replace yeah. him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely, just a classic misunderstanding. Yeah, no. I obviously wouldn't be happy that he left, but like, I wouldn't be mad at him for leaving because one, PSG is going to overpay the crap out of him, and two, it's just like PS being playing for PSG is literally one of the best deals in all of football no one expects you to do well in the one thing psg is trying to build for which is win the champions league no one expects psg to do well you get to live in paris you get to live in wonderful weather play and, and travel all over france play in all these beautiful cities get treated nicely eat amazing food and you get paid a ton and because PSG have bought so many players, you don't even have, you you play like every other match. It's like the perfect scenario if you're trying to just like have a, lo- a nice quiet life, make some money, and eat good food. I mean, PSG sounds amazing, and I understand why players sign there, especially when they're at a point where they're like, you know, my career is fun, but I'm just trying to chill. Yeah. Um, moving forward to our quick little youth update. Um, our U-17s uh, started the Northern Ireland Super Cup uh, today. They're, they're playing three straight games. Well, it's really five games in five days. So they played three straight games. So they played today, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then the results in those three determine what playoff round they go in. So there's like four tiers of playoffs. If you win all three, you obviously be in the top tier for the biggest trophy um, and so, so on and so forth. So they played County Londonderry in their first match, crushed them five nothing. Um, this is this is a pretty important opportunity for those players. Um, some some familiar names, a lot of new ones, but something like for instance, two years ago, Maddie Longstaff, Lil Longstaff was uh, playing in this tournament. So this is an opportunity for players to get some experience and really crank up. Uh, they play Hall City tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, Hall City defeated. Edmonton FC three to one, um, so Newcastle will play Hall City on Tuesday. That's the update there. Um, any? Do you have any comment? No, I mean I'm, it's good to see our youth teams doing well, but it doesn't mean that our academy is great. Yes. Um, yeah, we should be beating County Londonderry. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, just. Really, that that's that's it. Besides the fact that tune in for next week because we are going to hit you with that season preview, and it's going to be action packed. We're going to give you everything. It's going to be a long one. Uh, we'll we'll really dive in for you. So this week, along with us posting a lot of GoFundMe links uh, to help support the Newcastle women's team, we're also going to be putting out some questions there, like. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Well, I, I don't even know what we're going to do yet, but we're going to do it. Um, and we'll do a lot of player previews, season previews, predictions, all that fun stuff. Um, so stay tuned for that. That will be in your ears a week from now. Um, Elijah, do you have any parting words? Yeah, I actually have a question for you, Greg. Um, mm-hmm. Because you asked me this, but I feel like I never got your answer. Do you think we get 
either the Maxman deal or Insoki deal done or both? Neither. N- what? What? Is- neither? I don't think we get any of them. Okay. That, okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> so we're just going to just wallow in, in, in sorrow during the, season, <laughs> during the season preview. Look, Looks like it. Yeah. Looks like it as of right now. Well, I mean, there's 10 days left at the transfer window. It's so. going to be easy okay. to answer the question of who's Newcastle, who who's going to go down as Newcastle's best signing from the summer window. It's <laughs> just be Tolenton. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and this is something that we didn't really get into or actually at all is Newcastle have yet to sign a lone player and we get two from England. So I expect that's what we do instead of ASM or. I think that's I yeah I mean I yeah I still have confidence that we'll land these I mean obviously I'm super optimistic about a lot of Newcastle stuff um, because the one time that you know it works out I I eat Miguel Amiron or Joel Linton it's like wow I'm so glad I had the faith that that would happen it's cool but I mean I'm in the obviously I'm in the boat that I think both happen I do think we use our loan signings though and I think we bring in. Even though Steve Bruce said central midfielder is not his priority, I'd like to see Newcastle bring in another center mid. Um, and so, oh, for sure. That well, that's yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just I don't know why he would say it's not a priority, but I think that it it should be um, because I think that we have three good center mids on the roster and a competent one in in key. But outside of that, I'm very worried. <laughs> yeah. For sure. One injury could derail that entire midfield, let alone two. And given John Joe Shelby, rumor, yeah, I was about to say rumor, rumors had it that they've been injured before. Yeah, I would say it's uh, not really the healthiest midfield uh, no. in the league. No. All right, ladies and gents, that concludes episode seventy-one of CHN Radio. Please follow us on Twitter at CHN underscore Radio. Because we're going to be posting a lot of stuff this week. And we would love if you could help out the Newcastle United women's football team. Um, More information coming there. But until then, I'm your host, Greg Troxell. This is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. The beautiful song you hear is Blade of Races and Away the Lads. Eyes in the broken nose and gathered the blade and razors.
paradise, there was Bunningham, he good. There was four and twenty on the bus, man, who the danced and sung. They called on me to sing a song, and I sang the Paddy Fagin. I danced a jig and swung me twig the day I went to bleeding. The blade and tune, the bellman he was calling there, they called him Jackie Broom. I saw him talking to some chaps, and then he was persuading the Gamsey Jordy Ridley showing the mechanics how it bleeding. Quite moody. Coffee Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice styles and monkey shows and they had wife selling ciders. And the chef of a hapney's own devotion, no more lads for riders. Oh, no. 